Nicole Whitney, News for the Soul, life-changing talk radio from the uplifting to the unexplained. News for the Soul is now in its 25th year of broadcasting. Tune in live or visit the archives at newsforthesoul.com. That's newsforthesoul.com. introduce you to a new member of the News for the Soul radio family. Today you're going to meet Ashley, the title of the show, Sovereign Leadership, which I just love. And we don't read the bio at the beginning. We unfold the onion from our famous first question and go from there because it's the thing that connects us together as a movement, grassroots movement of now in its 26th year um, of existence. So we start there. And we go through, but you can find the bio. We do post it. <laughs> Just don't read it first. It's on the website, newsforthesoul.com. Look for Ashley there right at the top. But right now, let's see if we've got her on the board. Ashley, are you there? Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Here we are, the big day. Woo. So, famous first question. Here we go. Just dive in. Um <clears throat> The reason I ask this, like I said, it's the place that kind of connects us in our quest for, um, you know, discovering what's really real and what's really possible, um, being open and questioning. And, um, you know, this is kind of a thing we don't ask people. To me, it's the first thing we should ask people if we really want to know what the hell's really going on. <laughs> so here it is. Um, we, some of us very early in life, had... Uh, experiences with things, direct knowing experiences, real experiences that were outside the quote-unquote 3D norm that described to us by, uh, you know, the 3D people living in the 3D programmed existence. And these things can, well, they can scare the crap out of us. They can certainly get our attention. And they can even set us on our path, give us a purpose, um, and they're defining moments often. So I'm always curious what the earliest recollection of something like that might be and also the the profound biggies throughout your path. So wherever you'd like to start us off. Sure. What a question. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's my favorite one. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yes, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, I think as most people can relate to, there is this, sort of being in remembrance and then forgetting <laughs> and then remembering again. And I wish it wasn't like that. I hope to hold the paradigm for my children where they don't have to forget themselves and they can continue to remember. Um, but like you said, in this 3D realm, a lot of who we are, our expansion, our limitless potential, our psychic gifts aren't understood or even welcomed. Um, so it's very normal to just... Uh, shut them down because they're not explained, <laughs> can't be explained. And um, so I can't say, I mean, some like pivotal moments, but I think there's just an overarching theme of being in childhood and always feeling this sense of I'm, I am definitely the oddball out here. <laughs> I definitely am not uh, seeing the world the way other people are seeing it. And it was almost this feeling of being um, like, like if you've had a dream where you were witnessing, like watching yourself in the dream. Um, I don't know if you've had a dream like that. Do you know what I'm talking about? You say watching yourself or washing yourself? (laughs) Watching. Watching. (laughs) Watching yourself. (laughs) Yeah, but you're kind of floating above and you're seeing yourself um, operating 
And oh, yeah. that is often how I felt um, being in childhood was this, it wasn't disconnected or disembodied or disassociated. I, I felt grounded in the human experience, but it was oftentimes this feeling of um, watching myself living the human experience. Um, <clears throat> and then also within my childhood was just the um, constantly, I just remember always the quote-unquote accusation of being too sensitive, constantly <laughs> being told I'm too sensitive. Mm. Now I know it's just because it is, because I feel deeply, and it's one of, it's an important part of being a psychic and intuitive, uh, and an oracle is to actually feel energy um, and to feel emotions. Um, but because of the energy around, you know, being too sensitive. It was seen as like a negative. Um, of course, I numbed that and tried to disconnect from it. But that only led to resentment and anger and actually absorbing people's energies instead of learning how to be in the presence of it. So, yeah, and I've always been um, the different one out of my siblings and family and <laughs> just kind of the the odd one out. Um, so that's kind of how my childhood was. Uh, I didn't, I did live in a very old house for most of my childhood, and I knew there were spirits <laughs> in the house, but from a very young age, um, I've always had this um, sense of boundaries with psychic abilities and always knew that I could say no. I don't want to receive that. I don't want to receive your presence, this information. I just want to sleep. <laughs> like I've, mm -hmm. I've always felt like I had um, sovereignty over that, really, of what comes to me and what doesn't, um, which I really much appreciate. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that remains Lucky. with me. So, yes, yeah. And, um, yeah. So that's kind of the overarching theme with my, my childhood. And, you know, I would see go to sleep. I would oftentimes see a lot of visions and colors. And a lot of this did not return, the remembrance of this, until I did um, my first level one Reiki training and started actually channeling energy again and, like, remembering all of this that I had forgotten as a child. So can you remember any specific moments that really stand out that you experienced in the young phase? Because those are always gems, you know, that, um, like you say, we shut down and stuff. And you can have some, I've heard some pretty good things. <laughs> Do you remember any specific events that you can describe to us? Well, I remember this one time where I was playing with my siblings out uh, in... Uh, I don't know, we were just playing outside or something. And I specifically ha remember being just in the experience of playing and then feeling my my soul or my, my ethereal essence, I guess, <laughs> to put it, almost shifting out of the physical body. And it was this very powerful experience of I am literally not this body. And it's not something, you know, I this is obviously, deep wisdom in any yogic philosophies and so many <laughs> different spiritual teachings, of course, were not the body, but this wasn't something that I was being taught or, you know, I don't come from like a spiritual family, so to speak, at all. Uh, so I never had that framework. I've never heard anyone say it, but it was very powerful of I am literally not this body and that this this isn't it. This isn't the only experience. And um, I remember having my energy body literally looking at my physical body and I was like holding on to this bike <laughs> in my yard just in this um uh almost like a psychedelic experience but and it just it's nothing that quote-unquote like induced it it was just mm -hmm. me remembering and expanding so that's one experience that I I remember very vividly so it was like a sudden and then I snapped out of it <laughs> yeah and then, you know, and then I snapped out of it and I came to, but there was still this lingering of, whoa, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> and, but having no foundation for understanding um, What I'm curious about is did you have, 
was it scary? Did it feel scary to you? No. It felt odd. <clears throat> it felt um, I wasn't ever like panic or something's wrong, but it was mm. I, I liked it in some ways. It felt good, um, but it was so different than anything I felt in the human experience. So it was like I, I when I came to, I was almost like, oh, I kind of want that back. I was <laughs> very young, <laughs> so um, yeah. So that, that but you know, really young, really young is. You know, young or not young, um, it can't. I can tell you because I've had those from very young as well. And but mine are really intense, and I keep going, mm-hmm. and I I do go into a panic. I call them my consciousness attacks, and and uh, yeah, you know, literally, I'm going to have a heart attack and literally die. It's just it's quite terrifying. I'm always, you know, curious when I hear other people having similar kinds of awakening moments. But mine's not gentle and yeah. fun, and it's not a magic carpet ride at all. It's it's like oh crap, <laughs> and um, yeah, you know, that is. Least, I have heard this so much with other um, with a lot of the women I work with, and I know that part of my medicine here, and or I, I have worked on this in other past lives, is being deeply grounded and anchoring the spiritual consciousness into the human form. So I'm deeply comfortable with the human the human body, Earth. And um, I feel that many of my greatest spiritual activations happen in the body, and it's something I know I've been uh, preparing for for many lifetimes is to really uh, support the awakening through channeling divine consciousness through the human form and not feeling like we have to disconnect from it. Um, So I'm like very earth energy, (laughs) always... um, been very grounded and um, have really impeccable psychic boundaries. And I think it's just something I have, or not think, I know it's something I've developed in many lifetimes. So I feel, I really, really feel for people who have these massive awakenings. It's like, well, it's it's scary (laughs) because it is this wild, feminine, chaotic wildness. It takes you like the ocean and you have to surrender into it. But yet we have to be able to utilize it, right, and, and have our work upon this earth <laughs> and balance it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I feel that I haven't, yeah, I haven't felt ever lost in the awakening. Yeah, I, um, I suspect you've I, probably worked on that for a few run-throughs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's interesting, and and you know, even the having the boundaries. Uh, the knowledge of the boundaries, like the reason why news for the soul is from the uplifting to the unexplained was I had to go through this very long process of experiential crap around taking yeah. my power back around, you know, cause I was yeah. so tired. Like it was like a, fun, a known phenomenon wherever I lived to the epic paranormal events, you know, like three in the morning, let's turn on her stereo full blast. So the whole family gets up, you know, they just really, yep. you know, big, Stuff. Ended up having live ghost bus on the air, seances in my home. I mean, just, you know, so that's why the very moniker of this uh, journey has been covering both ends. Because, you know, a lot of people like to go, love and light, nah, nah, but, you know, a lot of this stuff, <laughs> we got to deal with it. Because people need help getting their yeah. power back, that's the sovereign leadership. Yeah. And getting out of that fear place, it's huge and it's really important. And if people are afraid to talk about this and they're afraid to say they're afraid, <laughs> you know. So this is important. Yep. It's so important. Whenever I start working with individuals about developing their psychic abilities, um, it's <laughs> I always preface by saying, and as we start doing this, we're going to work with your fears. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then as <laughs> we start doing it and unlocking the, the psychic abilities, they're like, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? Am I going to have control <laughs> here, control there? And I'm like, there's, so many layers of fears around our abilities, our um, power, our connection, the unknown. Uh, and I think it's essential, though, as all individuals, as it is an um, innate uh, spiritual technology within every single soul to psychically connect. I mean, that's how we remember who we are and <laughs> uh, anchor divine consciousness into our body. 
but we have so much fear around it because we haven't been taught a lot of the most of the population have not been taught to um, feel safety within it and to trust it and most importantly trust their power and sovereignty and that they have choice around it. <laughs> so yes. it is and, huge, uh, but essential. And we've been programmed, you know, around it in the negative yes. way. And we've been programmed not, around not talking about it, right? Like it's, it's really deep. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that, I can see why you're here. <laughs> Very glad <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> Um, yeah. You know, uh, as you're going through and and you have like extra amped up experiences around the time of puberty, that phase of life. I I would say it was more of a dulling when I started hmm. going downhill <laughs> with oh. my connection to self, um, because of the shame around mm. the no conversation around bleeding. Um, and I didn't even start bleeding till, um, till I was 16. It, it was like a very long time. <laughs> so it just, it felt like around that time, I mean, I felt like I was really disconnected, starting to lose connection to my body, um, lose connection to my gifts, uh, lose connection to purpose. Uh, oh, I was, had some really dark times in my late teenage years. I, I literally didn't believe love existed. Um, and I'll, I could not conceive or fathom of any, like, God being, like, a symbolic father. I would literally, mm-hmm. like, become nauseous if saying the word God or even Jesus um, because wow. of a lot of my background in the Catholic Church, um, oh. so I just like <laughs> disconnected from all things um, spiritual, myself, my purpose. I mean, I was very, um, I was like valedictorian in my school, president of my um, class, and I just felt like you know, in, intense people pleaser. I was just in the system, and it was mm. slowly sucking dry. Um, so I got mm. deep into drugs and bad relationships and. Uh, once I found yoga, that's when uh, I found yoga when I was 19. And that's when, like right when I graduated high school, I started remembering again, slowly, slowly. But for a good long time, from probably like 13 to 19, that, that whole puberty time, I was I was really lost in myself. Well, you know, that time, it makes sense on, on a, you know, intellectual level. The only reason I ask, actually, is because I get to sort of compare notes with everybody on these first interviews. And so many people find that they're, you know, uh, intuitive or energetic. Uh, it just gets crazy kooky out of control around, you know, once they hit 12 and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but it also, you know, that's when, uh, you know, like you you were in the realm of shooting and how things are supposed to be as you're choosing <laughs> yeah. a path and you know like that's all coming down on you oh my time. gosh so totally yeah. makes sense. Look. and no <laughs> spiritual support i mean right? my like we lived across the street from the catholic church we went to that and um i even did altar serving you know with my twin brother there like we were really involved once my parents got divorced and if anybody knows about Catholic Church, you're you're not really like welcomed <laughs> like community no. there anymore. Um, you're not allowed to take like receive communion, so to speak, because like once you divorce, it's it was it was really weird, and a lot of that set um, tone. And then my family was not like spiritual in any way, so any of that maybe connection I had that I innately intuitively had as a child as I went into, yeah, my teens, it was just, it was lost. And there was no, hmm. no foundation or grounding back. <laughs> did you find yoga or did yoga find you? Well, it's both, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, I had played soccer for like 10 years. I danced for like eight. So I was always very um, active and I still love being active. As much as I can right now, I'm eight months pregnant, so I'm not that active <laughs> as much oh. as I like to be. But um, so after I graduated, I just knew that 
I needed to start moving my body again. And I, I don't know. I think I might have heard, I think I heard the word yoga or something. And um, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to search online. Uh, so I found some little short yoga videos um, online. And I just felt this, it was like a, such a surge of creative energy and magic that I felt, and that's that's why I love yoga. I've heard so many stories of it, it literally altering the path for people um, from disconnection, from harm, from um, wounding, from trauma, from disembodiment to to finding themselves. And I just I think there's something so potent in. Breathe, of course, breathing, but connecting your breath with your body and actually listening to your body and what it wants, what it needs. And the body is so wise and holds so much codes of, of wisdom and remembrance of who we are. And when we just, like, do that practice, stretch, breathe, and, and tap into some of those ancient poses, uh, it unlocks something. So I, it unlocked a lot for me. <laughs> it was really profound and I started feeling hopeful again. Um, I, I, at one point, right around when I was graduating, I, I did contemplate suicide because I was like, what is the point of this life? <laughs> like, there's mm. literally no point here. Like, graduate, go to college, have kids, get married. Like, this is so dull. That's, like, all I could see. That's what the picture was painted for me and I mean, there really was another option. So once I started doing yoga, just magic started coming in and creativity and so much painting and doing poetry and actually starting to channel messages and guidance. And I didn't know anything about what was happening, but something shifted. And that was that was a really big turning point for me. And so, of course, when I, a couple of years later, got trained in yoga and then I was teaching it <laughs> intensely. I don't teach yoga uh, anymore. I still practice it. But, um, yeah, I've been practicing yoga now for over 10 years, and it's still, it's, I cherish it so deeply. It really was a turning point in my path. Wow. So when you started, like, channeling things through, and like, uh, what kinds of guidance were you getting? Yeah, well, I didn't know I was channeling. Uh, I hadn't, didn't even have a word for that until probably, like, a couple of years ago. <laughs> I again a lot of this I just I had no idea what was going on there was really like now I have such a beautiful community of people all around the world to mainly work online um but then I I had no reference for anyone who was connecting to the spirit to God or whatever word they use and so yeah I was just channeling um like like affirmations or um helpful, like helpful, well, the poetry was very much uh, a channeling of, like, my subconscious. It was very much the deep questions I have about life, but it was finally coming through in a way that I could see it, and I'd be like, it was an opportunity to actually see where my pain is, to see Mm. what I'm questioning, to see... Uh, where I'm wounded, um, what I desire. Like, there was never a point where I I asked those things. But once this creative energy started flowing, it was like all of this um, desire and pain and questions started finally coming through. Now Mm -hmm. that feels like, of course, like so I can put my pen to paper and I can go into the depths of my subconscious and try to look at things, but... That was all closed up. There was no access to my internal uh, landscape. And so Mm -hmm. once I started accessing that creativity and flow, it was like an opportunity to look at myself, really, really look at myself. And then what was coming through with that was so much peace because it was like as I was in the space of questioning, of pain, of grief, of hopes, of desires, there's also this sense of um, support and, like, love coming through and, you know, like mm-hmm. affirmation, support. So it was it was really beautiful. Um, I have, like, one of the po- 
I hope I have it somewhere. <laughs> but I do have one poem that I wrote um, that I wrote during that time. Uh, I got rid of like all my art and and stuff during that initial awakening. <laughs> but I do have one of those the poems, and it's really it's a really good reminder of where I was at. I think it was something called "Where Are the Souls" or something like that, because it was very much like where are the people that feel this too? Where are you? It was this calling of my soul. Like, I know I'm not alone in this, but I don't like this um, surface conversation, this chasing of false hopes of, it was, it was very much a calling to, to finding my place in the world. Wow. Well, that's the yeah. thing when, when these awakenings happen, we, feel like a little island. <laughs> and um, I know. <laughs> ironically, if we started talking about it more, maybe we'd find, you know, people standing right beside us feeling exactly the same way and no one's just yep. you know, everyone's afraid to say anything. But yeah, that's uh, and so it, it felt like external guidance coming to you and support. Is that right? Yes. It def I mean I didn't know it at the time at all. Um even the creative energy that felt like a force beyond just my own intimate potential. But it, yeah, I didn't know it at the time. But I know now, because reflecting back at it, I felt safe and I felt loved. And I felt like magic. And that, to me, is always an indication that the divine, that God, great spirit, is here. Right. Wow. Because it's such a, I'm just trying to understand the it, the shift you went through, because it's so extreme from, Suicidal bleh to polarize. Yeah, it definitely was a little, it still took some time. Um, So I, I was, when I was 17, I moved out of of my parents' house and I ended up moving into this um, like drug house. I was even selling drugs at that time. Um, I, but I was also um, like my senior year of high school, I was so sick of high school. I, I went into college. Um, I was able to do this like dual enrollment thing. So I was always very, I think the one thing that did save me through that time of drugs was that um, number one, my my favorite state of being was still when I was sober, mm. which I'm so grateful for that. And it still always is. <laughs> like I just, I'm so grateful for that because I can see how addiction can easily grip someone when their natural state of being is unbearable. And so that, and then two is I I genuinely enjoyed school. I enjoyed getting very good grades. (laughs) So those two things definitely kept me moving forward. Um, But there was this very dark, wounded um, part of myself that was just searching for something more than this mundane life. Um, Mm. So... I, yeah, was moved out, just wanted more independence, doing a lot of drugs, and then um, in bad relationships, a lot of pain. But then eventually, a couple of years later, found yoga, um, graduated high school, was getting ready to go into college, I was actually going to go into uh, pharmaceuticals um, to be a mm-hmm. pharmacist. And I was enrolled in New York City, a college in New York City, which is wild. Um, that didn't last very long, thank God, um, <laughs> because that was just not the path. Uh, so luckily I, I did at some point surrender and, and pivot. But, yeah, so most of that time while I was still from my late, from 19 when I found yoga, so even my early 20s, um, I was still into a lot of uh, psychedelics, um, a lot of, uh, they're still kind of playing around the drugs. There was still a part of me that was searching for something, but mm. I had at least somewhat of an anchor into spirit working with uh, yoga. So it took a few years to really transition place where I felt connected to a purpose and a path. And a big shift in that was when I received my Reiki level one training that really when I said okay no more drugs and I have it and it's also around that's around the same time I met my current husband now um 
I felt devoted to something uh, once Reiki came through. It, it just felt like there was, there was direction coming through, even if I didn't have words for it. Um, so that's really when the major, major shift where I started really understanding my purpose and path came forward was after I graduated college and did my level one Reiki training. Can you describe um, what moment when you were learning to work with Reiki energy that you got it? Like the, what what did it for you? What created that knowingness sure. and the power? Yeah. Um, so when I, I had one session, um, I did a trade with a friend and she hadn't been, she wasn't a yoga teacher at the time and I wasn't a Reiki practitioner at the time. Um, now we're both, <laughs> but, uh, mm-hmm. I offered, I gave her a yoga session and then she gave me Reiki. I remember after the yoga session, she was like, I, I remember asking her, I'm like, so, um, what is, what is Reiki? I literally had never heard of it before, but I was like, sure, I'll try, try it. Um, so I'm laying down on my bed. She's giving me the session, and it was the most. Uh, I had ne- I had up until that point, it feels like I had never felt energy like that before in my life. The amount of just deep love, bliss, and just peace and um, joy that came through just receiving this energy. I mean, I was floored. I, I did not expect that. But what really stood out. I can remember this so visually, it, um, vividly, was these visions of beautiful violet and blue, deep electric blue and green, these, these flashes of light happening within mm-hmm. my mind's eye. And that was when I remembered, oh, my goodness, I used to see this all the time as a kid. It's like, I know this. And I had mm-hmm. to completely dulled my psychic abilities since then but but it it unlocked something and I remember after the session I was like I need to do this who is your how can I do this (laughs) so uh like uh, literally a month later I got um I did my Reiki level one it was such a powerful experience and then so I already had such a beautiful community of people um that I had been teaching yoga to that just really trusted me, loved me. They're just amazing. And they were like, sure, we'll do Reiki. So (laughs) I have done thousands of hours of Reiki. I have done so much (laughs) over the past years. And I still, it's the foundation of all all the work I do and how I've learned how to channel. But um, in those early stages of doing Reiki so often, uh, I was able to work through a lot of doubt around is this working, which is, I feel like, a big stopping point for people because when we start working with spirit, the intangible, physically intangible, there's so much doubt that can come up and uncertainty and, and unworthiness. And I really just sat with what it feels like to channel out of my own way, <laughs> really, uh, because, I, because I wanted to be the most powerful experience for them. And I was like, well, if I'm going to offer the most powerful healing experience, I need to let go of my ego. I need to step out of the way beyond me. It's the energy that's channeling through me. So I was really devoted to strengthening myself, purifying my mind, uh, so that I could be as clear of a channel as possible. And uh, then once I did my level two training a year later, uh, that's when... And of course, in that time, I started receiving, you know, messages about blockages or being guided to certain areas of the body. So that felt really wonderful and new, but it still felt kind of like um, I didn't feel I didn't recognize the importance of it. But it's like, oh, I'm kind of being guided here, kind of receiving this message. I, I never really like shared, you know, what was coming up. But once I did my level two training, that's when uh, my psychic abilities flipped on real intense. And again, I had no one, I didn't even know what like channeling or psychic ability. My vision at this point of someone who was psychic was like um, a woman in like a dark room with a crystal ball and reading palm. Like that is the only <laughs> context I had for psychic abilities at this point. 
so I, I obviously I did not identify with that. So I didn't, I never thought of myself as um, receiving messages or being psychic or intuitive. I just had no idea. Um, but I do specifically remember this one instance where I was working on this woman, and I remember thinking about death. And I was like, oh, my goodness, why am I thinking about death right now? I should not be thinking about death. I'm offering this healing session. I just was like, mm. come on, Ashley, <laughs> you know, get, it, get it away. Um, so then, but then afterwards, you know, we're talking and she's like, you know, I just couldn't help but think this entire session, how amazing Reiki would have been for my sister who died of cancer. And I was like, mm. that was a jaw dropping moment for me. Cause I was like, Oh, it was the first moment I realized that wasn't me thinking that. I was picking up on her thoughts. And I started doing some research. (laughs) I was like hearing people's thoughts while doing Reiki or um, feeling people's emotions. Like I I just kind of Google searched. Google didn't really guide me in a good way. Sometimes it does, but (laughs) this time it wasn't wasn't the best advice. Uh, I basically found this kind of thread of conversation of people saying, like, you should not be doing that. Don't be telling you're, – you're not licensed to be sharing that type of information. Um, don't – you know, you could really affect somebody in their healing process by what you say to them, basically. And I was like, oh, gosh, like, I, I shouldn't be saying anything. I, I should just shut this off. <laughs> so mm. I even rem- – I remember trying to turn – turn this off, like turn these gifts off and not hear the massive amount of information that was coming through wow. uh, at this point. Yeah, and but it felt so hollow. Um, I would finish the sessions and I'd be like, okay, and, not. Not, and you were not showing up to your full potential. Um, so luckily this, this one um, Christmas, I was with my husband's uh, family and uh, his aunt, and this is very early on in early, so all of this is still happening, like in my early 20s. Um, and so when he, his his aunt was there, and she is very much into Reiki, she's done like a priestess training, she's a massage therapist, like in that realm. And so I was sharing with her about this, and she's like, you just, you have to trust it. Anything that comes through, you have to trust that that's important. And that was a really, really important message at that time. And I'm so grateful for it because that literally did turn <laughs> my, my path. And once I fully in my sovereignty said, yes, I accept this. This is what I'm here to do. That's when it just unlocked. The floodgates opened. And so much messages, guidance was coming through for every client I worked with. It still does. Um, and it's just it started really understanding what channeling was and what I'm connecting to. I started understanding, deciphering, am I connecting to their ancestors, their spirit guides, to their soul, um, to their body, to their chakras. Like I just started knowing where the information's coming from. And now I'm at the, to the place where I can direct where I want to get information from. Um, so it's been a really, yeah, Reiki really, unlocked that gift which of course led me to receive more guidance in my life which Mm. leads to such a grounding in my purpose and why i'm here wow you know what's really interesting is um this is the second interview this week where uh reiki was the turning point in, in the awakening and you both had exactly the same uh thing happened that was the moment of, you know, wow, I have to do this, uh, which was seeing vibrant colors. Interesting. Wow. I I think she saw different colors, but other than that, it was like literally hearing the same story. (laughs) So that's interesting. I don't know what it means, but uh, it's interesting. Filed under interesting. Oh, boy, I could talk to you forever, and time is ticking away. And uh, There's certain things you <laughs> want to get to in the hour, but let's talk about sovereignty, what it means for you and why why it's important. Yeah, sovereignty, and I'm speaking primarily to sovereignty over one's soul um, because we do live in a dualistic world. 
and in the physical realm there is light and dark and not everything is in our control but we do have absolute ownership of our own soul no one or nothing can claim that and that really is sovereignty when you come to this level of absolute realization that you are one with god and that nothing or no one can claim power over you and that doesn't mean we don't have challenges and Oh, suffering and pain. Uh, if we chose this earthly embodiment, we we kind of accepted some level of that, <laughs> because mm. especially incarnating in this time on Earth. But it's recognizing you never have to lose yourself. Sovereignty is recognizing I never lost. I know my place, and no one claims me besides myself. And that leads to this depth of inner authority and deep power, and of course love because you're just channeling divine presence into your life and when you're absolutely anchored in in your sovereignty you are one with one with the divine in your purpose so this is so important in the work i do because with the women specifically mainly the women i work with their souls are being called to really step up and serve and against systems and cultural toxic overcultures uh, that are quite suppressive and and drain people of their power and have been for years. Yeah. And so, if someone is going to truly step up into their mission, it's essential that they tune themselves, they believe in themselves. And that they don't feel fear losing themselves anymore. We have done that enough, especially as women, losing, putting down our power, being quiet, uh, shoving away our mystic, our gifts, our psychic abilities. And it's just not that time anymore. The time is actually to remember, to awaken, and to, to move out of this slave culture that we're in and mm-hmm. to reclaim the sovereignty. So, yeah, that for me is is how simplest way to explain sovereignty. <laughs> yeah. It, it looks good on paper, but how do we get there? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is why I work, I work with women for months. Um, you know, the mentorships I offer are very deep. Um, and because it's not just about like saying, okay, this is why I'm here. It's about saying, can you be who you are, even with all the pressure around you, with all of the disillusionment, with all of the doubt, with all of the suppression around your gifts and your power. And so it's so essential to heal any wounding around feeling afraid to claim that sovereignty and an authority. So so much of the work I often offer is working with also Ascended Master Divine Feminine Ascended Master Guides because they have claimed their sovereignty. And I feel that working and integrating with these specific Ascended Master Guides and a lot of the mentorships I do support women in actually having real, tangible uh, frequency shifts in their consciousness. Because when you start As you know, when your guides are close, especially Ascended Master guides who have already entered their sovereignty ascension in this human form, they they know the path to that that high level of sovereignty, of oneness with the divine. And so when you start working with them, you, you actually start receiving that frequency, that consciousness. You start awakening that remembrance within your DNA and within your soul. And so when I work with women, it is so much about developing their psychic abilities so they can feel that divine presence supporting their inner awakening. Because it is a journey. You know, it's, when you feel like you've gone to one level of your power and grounding, you can get floored by something else, mm-hmm. another layer. And it's not about reaching the mountaintop and never coming down. This isn't a reality. It's about recognizing that you never have to lose yourself to the ups and downs. That's sovereignty. And so having the this 
deep, profound connection with your spiritual support system, you're never lost. And so it's not about being perfect or perfecting this human life. It's just about knowing who you are in relationship to whatever situation you're in. So how is a... How is this showing up for people? Like, what what are they coming to you specifically with help with? Yep. Um, and this is actually what led me to understand a lot of the work that I'm meant to be doing. Um, every time I would be doing a Reiki session, which I don't just focus on Reiki healing sessions. I'm focusing a lot more on, like, mentorship journeys. Um, I still do healing sessions. But when I was working in Reiki, I noticed that almost everyone who was coming with me, coming to me, was asking, I just feel a little lost or I feel disconnected from my path. I'm right there. What is the direction? Or I'm trying to figure out how this fits into my life. Or I I don't feel fulfilled here. What am I really meant to be doing? It was all of these questions around purpose and mission and when I started working with people to heal those, heal what was going on so they could remember that within themselves, there's a lot of similar core wounds. Um, one of the foundations is definitely around worthiness. But um, mm. So I started seeing that this is what I meant to do, <laughs> help people to awaken into their purpose. Um, but even more so, we're helping them step into their sovereign leadership and their divine mission. And... I know that this has happened because uh, these are some of the biggest pivotal moments in my life was having to claim my path even when no one around me was in support of that or it didn't make sense at all. And so I've had to radically say yes to myself and deeply trust myself over and over, even when it, it didn't make any logical sense. And I was in, could lose a lot relationships, a life. <laughs> um, mm. So I've been led to, to claim myself and not say no anymore or shut down my power, my light, my gifts, my message. Uh, but it's, it's beyond this life. I, I've, I know I've, I've been working in many lifetimes to prepare for this one. Um, but it's just the frequency I hold people want support on their purpose and to step into it, which is different than some, some healers. They're working with people who have cancer, um, with back issues, you know, more physical stuff. And that just wasn't, nobody was coming to me for any of that. It was, it was all perfect. Like what, why am I here? What is my purpose? It's not that I can give anyone that answer. It's that I can give them the tools to awaken that memory within themselves and to claim it. That's how they come into their sovereignty and inner authority is through themselves claiming who they are. Interesting. So bigger picture stuff. Um, Okay. I'm just looking at the time. We're down to our final six minutes. It just went so fast. And we still have to do shameless (laughs) self-promotion. But first, (laughs) let's talk about uh, what you plan to do. Uh, if you have uh, downloaded some ideas yet as far as future shows? Oh, for sure. Yes. (laughs) I definitely want to do a whole show on on sovereignty and really have a deep conversation on that. So that's my next show is on sovereignty and then definitely have um, also a deeper understanding of what it to be a leader in the world today. I think it's important to hash out what, what am I talking about with sovereign leadership (laughs) <laughs> to mm-hmm. to get an understanding of where the trajectory of that will go. Um, and, you know, a lot of the wisdom I have to, to share and channelings are going to come from a lot of the divine feminines and master guides I work with. A lot about awakening the priestess codes of within. Um, I feel a lot of women who are attracted to my work definitely have the priestess archetype, <laughs> and, which a, a priestess is someone who serves the spiritual needs of the community. And uh, I, I know that, yeah, most of the women I work with resonate with that. Um, so it's about really supporting that priestess awakening as well. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of a little bit of a, a layout for <laughs> what's to come. Beautiful. Um, all right, here's where we're at. We've got about four minutes and shameless self-promotion coming from heart and service. And knowing that someone listening right now 
very much need to hear what you're about to say. Anything that you want to talk about, any of your current programs or specials or offerings or whatever you'd like to share, shamelessly. <laughs> sure. First, I just I feel like the the best way to enter is uh, is through this free group I have. It's called the Sovereign Priestess Collective. Uh, it's on Facebook and. It's such an amazing, beautiful community of women who are just committed to awakening their gifts, their purpose, their sovereign sovereignty, leadership, um, and it's just such a cozy, sacred community. This is where I, if I get, I offer a lot more um, a free master classes there, and yeah, just inspiration or quotes or questions. It's it's a place to really interact and like we were saying in the beginning it's a community to feel like you're not alone on this path (laughs) so that's a really wonderful place to to connect to come into um and of course you know i do offer um private healing sessions reiki healing sessions with intuitive readings and that typically leads into uh, many of the mentorships I have. All of the mentorships I have are supporting you in coming into a deep understanding of your purpose, of living a life of fulfillment, of joy, and, of course, of abundance. Because you've got to make sure you are you know, well-supported, provided for, nourished, and doing what you love. I feel like that's a, that is absolutely essential. <laughs> so mm. these are what my mentorships offer. I have different levels of them. They go through a beautiful journey. Um, there's the authentic and empowered woman, and that leads into more of an advanced sovereign priestess activation mentorship. And next year I will be offering an oracle transmission priestess training. Um, but all of that's on my website. You can read more into it. But I really invite you to just yeah enter that free space and feeling into the community beautiful with 30 seconds to spare love it you know um <laughs> it's been such a, a cool journey um this last five minutes whatever it's been and uh getting to know you and and connecting with you know i love the early stories and the famous first question answers because they really are powerful and they connect and encourage people listening to do the same right so Ask that question more, everybody. Um, so we will see yeah. you, Ashley, uh, in a couple of weeks for your first show. Sovereign Leadership with Ashley is all linked up right now at newsforthesoul.com. And we're back with more after this. Thanks, Ashley. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Hear all of our previously aired broadcasts of News for the Soul online at newsforthesoul.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hello, everyone. This is Ashley Wilson, and you're listening to News for the Soul. 